UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. No knuckle sandwiches for me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis along with Pearl Gonzalez. See, I'm afraid of you, Pearl. That's why you get what you want here on extra rounds. Is it? What shirt do you have on there? That looks like a really cool shirt. It's a Ray Longo shirt. Oh, my God. Look at that. That's what I thought that was. Yeah. Does he know you have that? Uh, yeah, I he does. It. He does. Also, um... My power went out at my house today, and uh, we had to call an electrician, and I was wearing the shirt as I was leaving the house, and uh, the electrician was like, is that Ray Longo? I'm like, yeah, it's Ray Longo. <laughs> this is kind of weird. So, That uh, where, is hilarious. Wherever you are, Ray, you're a celebrity. Uh, I don't know if the electrician gave us a deal for the Ray Longo discount, but we'll figure it out. Uh, that's you know, so funny. You can always ask. All right, let's talk about our main event. Anthony Smith, victorious tonight over Ryan Spann. It was, uh, you know, really just one-way traffic for Anthony Smith. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, has, has fought for the championship and fought John Jones and uh, was ranked number six coming into tonight's fight, taking on uh, Ryan Spann. And, and, you know, this one was a little bit personal. Uh, for for Lionheart, you know, he was out there to prove a point, and that's exactly what he did. He went out there and, and proved a point. He, he came out with a, a mission, and that was to stop Ryan Span, and that's exactly what he did. Pearl, when you look at what we saw tonight from Anthony Smith, you know, what was your biggest takeaway and and how he performed tonight? Because I really couldn't have gone any better for him. No, he looked amazing. I mean, and he got taken down in the beginning and he, you, you're right. He came through with purpose tonight. Like he just looked like you said he was on a mission. He was so determined and it showed, it showed he went in there and he hurt Ryan Spann. I actually thought that Ryan Spann up until the point he got hit and hurt looked really, his jab looked great, you know, and, and Anthony was kind of like right at the, he had, he had, Really good positioning for Ryan Span to take advantage of with the straight punches, right? Um, I thought it was good until Anthony, you know, dropped a couple bombs. I think it was it was a left hook, I believe yeah, that yeah. that that started to 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 shut down the uh, Ryan Span train, and then he was just like like that. That's yep. exactly what he looked like tonight. He was relentless, and it was so awesome to see that. We talked about this. I think that Anthony Smith is such a great role model great example for the sport and he's been very open and honest about some of his own just trials and tribulations in his personal life as well as in his career so to see him come out and be so determined and so focused um was incredible yeah no 100 percent. and uh you know th that's the thing that uh i like about anthony smith in this spot and something that ray has talked about in the past is these fighters that go through a bit of adversity and bounce back it, it that's what champions are made of and when you go back to a little over a year ago when anthony smith fought glover Teixeira, 
I didn't think that Anthony was ever really going to be the same fighter, but he's bounced back now with back-to-back wins. And I think we're, you know, really seeing an Anthony Smith 2.0. I don't know if he's going to get a title fight in the next two or three fights, but if he keeps winning, it's going to be hard to deny him, uh, you know, a chance at the, at the title, especially with John Jones out of the picture. You know, it's, it's Anthony Smith taking on a different champion. We don't know, you know, who will be champion at that time, but uh, Anthony Smith, if he continues to win, like, let's not rule out another championship bid for this man. Absolutely not. And I think that that was his big point tonight was to prove like, I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not here to uh, be a mediocre guy. I'm here to be the best I can be and to be at the top of this division. And, and uh, you know, he earned the spotlight tonight. He looked so good tonight. He dealt with the adversity. Um, Ryan's man came in. Like I said, he's a great grappler and he had some nice clean strikes. He was the more athletic fighter up until he got caught. And once he got caught, it was over. Anthony Smith was not giving him one inch of breathing room. Yeah, and that's one thing that uh, I like about Anthony Smith's game. He's a good striker, but he doesn't forget his base of jujitsu, and he can use those strikes to floor someone, get them rattled, and then lock in a rear naked choke like he did tonight. And, you know, that's, that's what I love. Like, jujitsu is still my favorite core martial art of all the martial arts. Mm-hmm. But when you can evolve Brazilian jiu-jitsu with ground and pound, I mean, it, it's an unstoppable force. And when you land on the feet the way that Anthony Smith does, like you said, it just derailed the train uh, of Ryan Spann. A grappler. Right. A good grappler. Yeah. That, which, you know, he he just wasn't un, was unable to deal with that choke. I think that he was probably really frustrated. And this is what I talked about uh, in the pre-fight show was that Anthony Smith has so much experience. He has so much wisdom inside there. He's seen everything. So that was such a big advantage for him, I believe, in this fight, you know, which which over which will sometimes overcome speed and athleticism, you know, is that experience, is that veteran is veteran did we talk about veteranship? Veteranship. Yep. There you go. So veteranship, right? And he showed that tonight. He displayed it. He was calm. He was composed. And when the opportunity presented itself, he went and knocked the door down. It yeah. was awesome. He was uh, the the ring general. He was dictating really everything in that fight. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, e- even afterwards, you know, R- Ryan Spann was definitely game. You know, he tried to, to come out and, and, and take, you know, Anthony Smith's spot, but uh, unfortunately wasn't able to do so. Uh, then things got heated a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, Anthony Smith said, I'm here to take my respect. Where's my respect? And there, there was some, you know, jawing back and forth. Um, ultimately, cooler heads prevailed and they embraced and showed some good sportsmanship. But, you know, that's one thing that, you know, maybe maybe uh, I, I get some flack for this, but I like to see that emotion. Nothing, I don't want to see brawls yeah. after the fight, but, you know, we don't always have to have everyone shake hands when it's all said and done. If there's some real bad blood, let that bad blood I- exist. But it was nice to see the guys, you know, end the night on, on a real. bit of a, yeah, yeah. I like it. They're real. And I believe that, you know, and I don't, I don't even know if it's very personal, so to speak. Like right. you got to think about it. These men both just trained for five rounds, twenty-five minutes. I mean, we got three minutes and forty-seven seconds right. out of out of both of these gentlemen. Yeah. So there's still there's so much that goes into a fight, so much that no one sees behind the scenes, right? The, right. Behind the camera, what, what you don't see, the days, the hours, the the minutes that are spent in the gym, let alone 
thinking about and planning and game planning and, and having all these different scenarios in your head to the to dealing with the family, then to the weight cut, then to the media. Like there's just so much that goes into these fights. And so when it, it ends very quickly, whether you were the dominant one or not, right. there's still a lot of emotion running high. And I think that that, that, that may have been more so what, what played a part in that than, than it being so personal. I don't think Anthony Smith is a very like personal type of dude. And maybe he needed that energy. Maybe he right. did need to pull some of that out. But I do believe it was more, ah, you know, I'm here. I'm yeah. fucking here. And yeah. uh, I, I feel like that's what that was more of. And Ryan Spann's like, I don't know. He's emotional. He just lost. He just had right. a terrible performance on his in his mind. So, of course, he's emotional. So, yeah, that's it's just a big emotional party. But credit to Ryan Spann, too, because he's the one that decided, like, look, I want to go and embrace this man. He had to tell everyone to calm down. And, you know, thankfully, uh, they, they let him have that moment and, and pay respect to Anthony Smith. And that's what I really liked about it, because, like you said, it's real. Um, and that's that's what I mean. The tagline of the UFC is as real as it gets. And, you know, right. I know that there are some back and forth jabs to, to sell fights. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's great to see the other side of that, too. Uh, and, and Anthony Smith really did a lot for himself tonight, uh, picking up this win. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many more fights he needs to have. He, he called out Alexander Rakic. Um, Rakic responded on Twitter. Maybe they'll fight uh, coming up in December. But, uh, you know, again, uh, Anthony Smith, very much a contender here at 205 pounds. What's Loki up to? Oh, that's not Loki. That is oh. Chewy. That's my cousin's dog. Okay. Loki had emergency surgery yesterday. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Is he okay? <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's good now, but yeah, it was, it was a crazy couple days for me. I guess. All right, let's talk about our co-main event. I don't know how to switch uh, <laughs> topics, but let's do it. He's okay. Iwan uh, Kutalaba taking on Devin Clark. When you look at Kutalaba, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about his intensity and sometimes how he fights emotional. Um, he, he was very intense in tonight's performance, wasn't very uh, emotional other than he, he was there to destroy and smash, and, and that's really what he did, Devin Clark, able to you know last to the final bell. Uh, but Pearl, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts uh, on this when you look at uh, Kutalaba's performance tonight. Give me Pearl's perspective. What was most impressive uh, about the the performance that he turned in tonight against Devin Clark? You know, we talked about this. He brings a hurricane. What do we call him? He he's a soul. He's coming yeah, in for yeah, your soul, he, and he's a hurricane. A, a hurricane that will steal your soul. Yes. And he did absolutely that. He is a hurricane. He came in. It's chaotic when you fight. I, I wait, I, had, I was saying his name wrong too, by the way, I heard that one on the, the broadcast. Yep. He won. It looks yep. like I, I know. You know that just really gets me, but anyway, <laughs> okay. So he he was so impressive tonight. Talk about calculated and controlled chaos controlled fury i mean he looked to me he looked the best he's ever looked he was ferocious he was dominant he was aggressive but he was controlled he was composed he didn't throw when he didn't have to he was preservative in these moments and even in his bad situations you know he would get hit which is what i talked about with with an emotional fighter like this you have to hit them to get them to react and he got hit a couple times and did not react right so that goes to show a lot of growth. You know, that was so one much growth in him. 
Go ahead. Sorry. We got a little bit of delay here. So uh, I I thought you were done. But, uh, you know, looking at, uh, like you said, just a controlled aggression, because when you are as aggressive as Kutalaba is, if you don't harness it, that's when you get sloppy. And that's when, you know, someone can pull off a submission or counter you, uh, you know, that measured aggression and, and still measured chaos, because like you said, he's a hurricane. But when he's in control of that output, he's a tough guy to beat. Oh my God. He looked incredible tonight. Like I was so impressed with his performance and, and I did think that I, I I thought like Devin needs to go in there and and just create some of his own chaos. And he did. And he attempted that. And Ewan was not, had no played no part into that game. He was there. He was on a mission. He was determined and nothing was going to get in his way. And he showcased that tonight. Did you see um, Devin Clark's teeth? By the way, I did. Yeah, that. I mean, they were mangled. He he got his damn teeth knocked out tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah, th- that's how hard Ewan hits. Like, right. he looked like he was so ferocious and powerful. Like I said, I, I was just so impressed with his performance. Yeah, I think they were from uh, the elbows that he was landing from Mount. Uh, I believe it was in round two. Uh, you know, one thing that was hard for me to actually listen and, and watch that fight was the corner of Devin Clark. His dad was there. It was a really high-stress corner. And, I mean, at, at times it seemed like Devin mm-hmm. Clark's dad was, I mean, it was so quiet in the apex that you could hear just the the, the frantic uh, sort of tone in his voice. And I'm curious, you know, every athlete is a bit different, but did you think that that stress in Devin Clark's corner was fueling him or was it hindering him at all? He was fighting. Um, he did not look like he was comfortable in there to me. Right. He looked like he was trying to catch up at all points at all times. Like he was just could never seem to catch up. And to me, that 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 just expresses stress. It's a very stressful fight. You you don't ever feel in control. You're not confident. You know, you're you. In fact, you you're you're the exact opposite of confident. You're you're just feeling like I. It's so far away. It's so far away. This this W. This victory. And absolutely, I think for me as a fighter, we are all different as fighters. We all need different coaching. We all need different things said to us to kind of get us back into our zone because this is such an emotional sport. There's so much that's involved in these minutes, these seconds, right? And so understanding, we we talked about this before on the show, like the the ability for the coach to get their athletes where they need them to be in that moment, focused, composed, whatever it is that they need to, to pull out of them. That's, that's, that's good. That's when you have a good corner or a good, excuse me, coach to like student relationship. And, you know, the dad, I heard the dad and the dad was like screaming, you know, yelling at him. And, and, and for me personally, you know, I hear these are very particular, very specific voices that I know that I can hear. I don't hear the whole crowd. I never do. Right. What I hear is that I'm very selective on who I listen to when I'm fighting. It's usually the corner. Maybe I'll hear their corner here and there or my dad or whoever it would be I I would definitely I can hear them I can pull that out so for the dad to kind of be he was in moments where I felt like he needed Clark just needed to take a second to breathe sometimes you just need to like shut down for a second and reset yourself and come back it's almost like a player in a game you know like it's like a reset and you're you've got a new life 
and he started a new life in this moment. And there were times that that was like where I, I think he needed it. And instead you hear the corner yelling at him and it is, it's hard. Maybe he needed that. Sometimes you need to hear your, your family so you can be reminded of your purpose and why you're in right. there. But I think in this case, I, I don't think it was helpful. Yeah. Even going into that third round when he showed his corner, his turned around, he looked at his dad and he was like, oh, should I keep going? He was so uncertain of himself. Yeah. And his dad was like, well, I don't know. What do you think? So he was looking for some assurance from somewhere. And in that moment, it, it really is up to the corner, to the, to the people that you surround yourself with. When you, you're feeling that uneasy or you're not feeling very confident or you just need some assurance, you need a very strong person or, or yes, a person that can be like, you've got this. Bite down on your mouthpiece, put your chin down, get your hands up, throw until you can't throw any, anything. You need something where you're like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And that's what he was looking for. And I don't think he found that tonight. No. Um, and, and hopefully they will go back to the drawing board and they'll listen and that they'll listen to everything that was happening in that fight. Because remember, you only get so much in your energy tank, right? And whether you waste that while they're calling your name, while Bruce Buffer's saying your name, whether you waste that energy in between the rounds when you're arguing with your corner or going back and forth with your corner or you're wasting it in the fight where it needs to be, you're wasting energy. So right. I do think in this particular fight that that some of that energy was expended in areas that it shouldn't have been. Right. I mean, I can't imagine losing a fight where you're getting beat up and, and getting pounded and your teeth are getting smashed. And then you hear your dad literally yelling at you in, in the corner saying, you know, God damn it. And it's like that just stressed me out. And again, I wasn't even uh, fighting. But, you know, credit to Devin Clark because, you know, he he could have taken the way out after round two, but he decided to go out there and, uh, you know, give it his all because, you know, never say never. And, and he fought like a man possessed in that third round unfortunately to you know it didn't work out for him but uh you know that that is one thing that i'm i'm curious about when you you look at the scorecards uh it was uh 29 27 30 26 and 29 26 so every judge did give kutsalaba at least one uh 10 8 um when i look at uh that that round um going into the uh third like should he have you know stop fighting because he obviously has some some damage to his teeth like his dad was like well you're gonna have to have you know surgery already so you know what's the difference going out there the damage is already done like sometimes uh, you know ray talks about this being being a coach like sometimes you need to protect your fighter from themselves i don't know if that was necessarily the case here tonight because you know he'll go see a dentist he'll be you know better, but uh, this was a, a performance that maybe could change his um, you know momentum and motivation and mindset moving forward. This could be a tough loss to rebound from. It can be, and um, you know, going back to what you were talking about in the beginning, absolutely. I, you, see, this is a, this is like an interesting. This is like a great one for both uh, Ray and for me or Dean, as because they're coaches, right? Right, and and. You depend on your coach as an athlete, as a fighter, you depend on your coach to make the decision sometimes that you can't make. And in a moment like this, I would say absolutely not. Put your mouthpiece back in your mouth, go out there and fight because I'm a fighter and I believe that you have up until the very last second to win the fight. Um, but as a, as a corner, 
you know, I don't know. It, it was that the best call for them. I mean, he was clearly looking at his corner and and asking, "Should I fight?" Right. So he was uncertain whether or not he should continue. Um, and as as his corner and as his his coach and as the people that are guiding him, it, it was up to them to make that decision. I mean, they didn't say anything. The dad was like, "What do you think?" and kind of put it back on him. And he was like, "Okay, I'm going to just finish." And he looked good. He looked, you know, decent in that third round. Right. So, um, you know, it is. It's an interesting question, but that is, I believe, where where you have to be very dialed in with your corner. Yeah. You have to have this this relationship with your corner where they need to make decisions that may go against you as a fighter and what your beliefs or your, how you're feeling towards that, because they are ultimately there to protect you. They're there to help you win the fight. They are, they're your eyes when you don't have them. And sometimes as a coach, it's like, he's there's, he, he's just going to take a beating for the next fight. Yeah. Why am I sending him out there? Right. So, uh, I I do believe that. I don't know as a coach, that's a better question for Ray, what he saw as a coach, but as a fighter, I would say, no, you have up, up until the last second. You know, it's interesting. You talked about, you know, you're very selective in who you even hear in your corner. Uh, you know, I, I always wonder when someone has like either a significant other or a parent in their corner, if that's necessarily a good thing, because obviously Devin Clark's father knows him. They, they have a, a father son relationship, but also Devin has a, a similar relationship to his head coach. And, you know, those opinions of, you know, the, the coach and, and the father, like sometimes they differ. And, and what's mm-hmm. really interesting is sometimes when, when your you know, father is your coach, like say Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you know, he's got Ray Thompson. Like y- you definitely can't let one role override the other. You know, you have to think mm-hmm. differently um, because at the end of the day, if, if you're thinking like that's my child out there, like I could never imagine watching my my son or my wife fight. You know what I mean? Like it's right. just crazy. And, you know, uh, for, for others, it's not that crazy. But, you know, I, I hear fighters all the time say, you know, it's much easier for me to actually go out there and fight than corner and watch my teammates fight because I'm not in control. Is that something that is true for you? No, I think that um, when I'm when I am cornering or helping a teammate, when I'm watching my teammates fight, you know, I know their abilities. I know what they're able to do. Um, And so I just try to be a help if I can. However, if if the corner, if one of our coaches that, you know, the head coach is out there cornering, what am I going to what good am I going to do if I'm going to say something differently than the coach? And that's that's an important role in the corner is is having a, a good understanding of who's going to be the dominant coach in there. Who's, you know, cause only, I, th- I believe it's only one coach that gets a mic. That's usually the head coach, the most dominant coach that will do most of the coaching. Um, and then you have your other two corners that are, that don't go inside the cage and they kind of, they're usually the way that I've had it set up is I've had my head coach who kind of, you know, we came up with the game plan together. They oversee the entire fight, the camp, et cetera. And then I would have, Whatever particular fight, whatever skill was needed, if it was jujitsu, then I would have a jujitsu coach. If it was a, a, a striking coach, then I would have a striking coach. Um, and then, you know, another coach or, or whatnot, right? Typically, I would have two. Um, and for me, like, I have my aunt in my corner. She's been in my corner a couple times. And even in my corner, she's, like, freaking out. And I could feel her energy. And, and, and in those moments, I just give her a hug. And I'm like, I'm okay. I assure her that I'm fine. 
had I have not been as experienced as I was, that would freak, that would wig me out too. Right. So you have to be so selective in your corner as an athlete and, and know and understand like this coach here is the head coach. He's the one in control. And at, and being that head coach, he's got to take that role. He has to be able to take the role. And that means being confident, making the decisions that are needed to be made, speaking loud and clearly, handling the chaos, handling the stress. If you're losing, not freaking out like you are, but stay in control and, and the ability to coach you to a better position or a better place in the fight. Um, and if that's not worked out, you'll see it. You'll just like we saw tonight. And, and, uh, and it also will be that energy gets transferred into the fighter and the athlete now is agitated or, or there's anxiety. And now they're fighting with that instead of fighting with confidence and fighting right. with, you know, a, 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 a plan or a, a specific goal, um, or determination. So, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting and and uh, there's a lot that goes into it than just saying, hey, can you corner me? And they're like, yeah, I'll right. you. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into it or there, should, especially at the highest level. There, there's a fine line, though, too, when you have you because you want your corner to be honest with you. If you lost a round, you want your corner to be like, look, you lost a round. But tonight for, for Devin Clark, it, it sounded like the corner had almost given up hope at times. And like, that's, that's not good. That's not good for a fighter's mindset. But again, I'm not Devin Clark. I'm not in his camp. It's just my perspective on the outside looking in. Um, I just, I don't know. Uh, maybe Devin Clark does well when people yell at him and that fires him up. We don't know, but uh, some people are like, well, that. we just saw some of that and he didn't, it didn't right. look like he dealt with it very well. And so I hope that he, at the end of the day, he learns so much. There's so much. It's either you win or you learn. So there was a lot of lessons that he learned tonight. And if he can go home with his entire team and, and take a look and, and see the, where the communication fell off and, and the coach in the corners kind of where you say that they sounded like they had given up hope, that's them falling to under pressure. That's right. them failing to, to rise to the occasion as well. They're unraveling as well. So there's this whole energy that's going on inside of the corner. I understand it. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. I've had my corner unravel and it, it, it and I unravel and we're all fucking crazy and like, what's happening here? So, you know, it, there has to definitely be some more communication and I hope that they can go back and just learn from it. You grow. Right. Yeah. You can do. And I mean, you know, I think that we talked a lot about Iwan Kutalaba being this, you know, soul sucking hurricane. Uh, I mean, he, he did so well tonight that I think he, you know, got under the skin uh, of everyone in that camp. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that says something about, you know, what he did tonight. And, uh, you know, a great uh, performance turned in uh, by Kutalaba. Um, let's talk about uh, Joaquin Buckley. Um, he gets a knockout uh, tonight, and we, we all know what he did to Impa Kasunganai uh, last year. It was definitely knockout of the year. Uh, tonight he gets a third-round stoppage over Antonio Arroyo, and it was a very close fight. It was one mm -hmm. that I don't know if Buckley would have gotten his hand raised had it gone another two minutes. Um, but, you know, he, he doesn't go the distance. The judges don't have to, you know, add up their tens and nines, and, and Buckley gets that stoppage. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, that 
knockout of the year last year and, and the expectations that people have from Buckley being this, uh, you know, knockout artist, people expect really big things. Like when you turn in that knockout, people are always going to, you know, tab, you know, okay, it's a Buckley fight night. We're going to tune in because we want to watch him, uh, you know, have a, have another performance like that. Um, you know, but he does it again. He, he avoids the judges with the late knockout. It just seems like his fighting style is always going to be able to pull out something. Or, you know, we talk about uh, uh, Devin Clark going out in that third round. If you're Joaquin Buckley, like, you always have to go out because you possess that power that you could you can steal a decision. You can, you know, end the night of your opponent uh, in, a, in a decision that you would otherwise lose. Uh, tonight, Joaquin Buckley, we don't know how the judges had it, uh, but, you know, it, it seemed like he took that one away from Antonio Arroyo. You know, this fight was so interesting. Um, the way that Arroyo was positioning himself in this fight, he was doing a very good job of avoiding Buckley, right? And the way that he was positioning himself in this fight is he was kind of veering off to his um, to his right, but in a longer way so that, that uh, Buckley couldn't really land a right hand. He was avoiding the power shots, right? He was putting himself in, this, in a really great position in striking. Buckley did such a good job of following that movement and landing these big kicks to the arms, to the body, and just kept landing these kicks, and it was kind of throwing off a royal. Um, and I felt like after that first round, Arroyo was hesitant in this fight. He was kind of waiting on Buckley. He was unsure of what Buckley was doing. And so Buckley then started to attack the legs, the lower part of the legs. And his corner kept calling for these calf kicks, kept calling for them. And, uh, and then he started to catch on later on. And so, you know, I was impressed with Buckley's performance. I personally didn't know that he was that much further down. It was a very close fight, like you said. And to be honest, it looked like Arroyo was kind of unraveling in that third round anyways. He had been hit with some big shots. It didn't even look like a clean punch. So I was unsure. I tried to watch a couple of the, the times that they replayed it to see, like, it was an uppercut, I believe, that may have landed or barely landed. Like, that shows how much power Buckley had. Right. And then Buckley came and got on top of him and landed a few more shots. It was over. And this dude was just gushing blood everywhere. Yeah. And I was just like, holy smokes. Like, this dude has so much power. Right. And uh, he was amped up in this fight, too. So he fights with some emotion. So I think, you know, the the more experience that Buckley gets, I mean, we're just witnessing an evolution here. This guy is super talented. Yeah, and, talented. and that's the thing, too, with Buckley. We saw that, you know, uh, spinning kick knockout of Impa Kasunganai. But he also, like you said, has power in his hands, too. It's not just a, a kicking game uh, for Joaquin Buckley. Like, he can knock you out with, with just punches. And, uh, you know, you, you're right. Like, I felt like... You know, this fight tonight for Buckley, maybe he was in control. Maybe he was going to get the decision, but it was a lot closer than I think anybody would have liked it in the, in the Buckley camp. Uh, and, you know, you you didn't have to go to the judges, so it's all the better for Buckley to get that win that way and, and not rely on the opinion uh, of the judges. The opinion of Aaron Blanchfield has got to be pretty high tonight. Um, you know, she, she came in and made a statement in her UFC debut. Uh, you know, unanimous decision over Sarah Alpa. 30 25 30 26 30 25 um you know you uh, were gonna fight 
Aaron Blanchfield. I'm, I'm sure you scouted her. You know, this is a, a woman that has really sort of, you know, come up through the ranks and, and now made a splash uh, inside uh, the octagon tonight. What are your thoughts on Aaron and, and her prospects uh, here in the UFC? ago when I first saw her on the scene I've always been a big fan of Erin she is the future of our sport she's so young she's so talented she's been competing since she was a young girl she's at a really great gym uh she's she's just a great prospect and um I expected her to come out and impress tonight um she's a very tough opponent she's got great striking she's got incredible grappling she's a really well-known well a good grappler um, and so, yeah, I mean, hats off to her. She is so young. I mean, this is just the beginning for her and, and we will see her for years to come and she will, she will definitely be fighting for that belt at some point in her career. Yeah. I scored the the fight tonight, 30, 24, every round being a 10, wow. eight for, uh, Aaron Blanchfield. It was definitely an early fight. So you had to, you know, be in front of the television, uh, early. I, I didn't even realize that the UFC was this early. I'm so used to these seven o'clock main cards, but, uh, the main card tonight started at 4 PM, uh, Pacific time. Um, and you know, uh, credit to Aaron Blanchfield who really made a statement, uh, in her, uh, debut tonight. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look at this real quick. Let's go over here and, uh, let me tell you what's going on on right now uh, at UFC Fight Pass. Until midnight tonight, you can sign up for UFC Fight Pass for just a dollar. You get it for the rest of the month. And you're going to want it next week because, I mean, it's International Fight Week. You got the Hall of Fame, uh, early prelims the next night for uh, UFC 266. Uh, Not to mention, Pearl Gonzalez and I are going to be in Las Vegas, fight capital of the world, four extra rounds. We might even have Ray Longo and, like, not just on my shirt. Where did you get that shirt from? I'm still so impressed with it, by the way. Yeah, no, it's an Anakin Florian podcast shirt, so you can buy one. Ah. They're kind of expensive. Really? It's like 40 bucks. Okay, okay, Ray, make that money. Right, exactly. I mean, mean, you know, they're making them Ray Longo shirts over there on the Anakin Florian podcast. I don't know where my Pearl Gonzalez shirt is, you know? (laughs) You don't have a Pearl Gonzalez? I don't, no. shirt? No. That we will change that and make sure if Thea's watching Thea, we need to he needs a whole kit. Yeah. Because we'll never have conversation again. Five, ten shirts. There we go. But there's a fight I wanted to bring up tonight. Okay. After well, after you're done talking about Fight Pass and all no, the fun no, no. things. Yeah, the sign up. A dollar. A dollar. Sign up right now. <laughs> UFC Fight Pass. You have until midnight to take advantage of this deal. All right. What do you got, There's Pearl? There's a ton of cool shit happening next week, too. Okay, so the fight was uh, it was Nate Manus. What's this dude's name? It was um, Manus. 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 Yes. And uh, who the hey did he go against? I'm trying to find this really fast. It was Manus versus... Tony Gra- Gravely. Gravely. This fight was insane. Like, this was one of the most... the One of the most fun fights of the night tonight. Manus gets caught with an overhand right, I believe, at the end of the round. I mean, he sits him down. This dude is, like, in another zone. He's in another world at this point. Then the bell rings. So he gets up. He sits in his stool. No, he didn't sit in his stool. They wouldn't even let him sit down there. His corner's talking to him, and he's not really responding. Like, the the corner asked him to jump around and blah, blah, blah. And he was just, like, kind of. Yeah, that wasn't happening. If he was going to jump around, he might fall over and and TKO himself. 
Exactly. So then he comes out and like he was doing such a good job of dealing with, you could tell he was still hurt. There were some cobwebs, you know, but he, he was like, he was a little stiffer than when he was, cause he was, he had really great power tonight. Straight punches, beautiful straight jabs and crosses. And all of a sudden, I mean, like he was, he uh, gravely was coming on very strong tonight, especially after knowing how bad he hurt him and knowing the ability that he had to knock this dude out. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Manus just knocks him out. It was just an incredible fight. Like, holy smokes, talk about an, an amazing fight. You know, both of these these athletes were super talented. Both it could have went either way. It was just a super fun fight. No, I uh, probably one of my favorites. You know, we we had a lot of great fights, and you know that's one thing that I have uh, always talked about. When you're the the fight card before the big fight card, you know, one of the biggest fight cards of the year. Sometimes you get overlooked, and the athletes tonight inside the Apex, they did everything that they needed to do to go. Look, you need to pay attention to us. I know UFC 266 is next week, and you're excited for the return of Nick Diaz and two title fights. But if you watch tonight and you tuned in uh, for the UFC in Las Vegas, uh, it was well worth your time. And it was an early one mm-hmm. as well. Um, also, too, I, I did not know that we were going to uh, get the news of uh, Joseph Benavidez uh, retiring. Um, so I was happy to, to be tuned in for that. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's interesting. It's, it's a very similar uh, track and path to the UFC for Joseph Benavidez as it was for uh, Carlos Condit. And Condit also uh, retired earlier uh, this week. Let's take a look at Joseph Joseph Benavidez a little bit and and just talk about, you know, again, where he uh, came from, because he, he's a guy that, you know, again, we see this uh, fight uh, with uh, Miguel Torres. Uh, Benavidez was a, a guy that I don't know if the uh, UFC really gets a flyweight division if it's not for guys like Joseph Benavidez, because he, he was in that uh, initial tournament. It was... Uh, uh, I think it was Darren Uyanoyama, um, Demetrius Johnson, uh, Ian McCall, and, and Joseph Benavidez. It was like a four-man tournament. Uh, obviously, DJ ended up uh, winning that and becoming the first uh, champion. But Joseph Benavidez is now, to me, like the example of, of an athlete that every UFC athlete should aspire to be in the sense that, you know, he had 28 uh, fights inside uh, the UFC and, and WEC, and, uh, you know, he, he never won a championship but that doesn't take away from his legacy and I know we started off the the show by watching this fight Pearl but I think it needs to be said you know once again that you know Joseph Benavidez is a man that you know the the lighter weight classes owe him a bit of a debt of gratitude because he paved the way for them to, to have the opportunities they have today inside the UFC absolutely and you didn't mention one of the most important things about Benavidez What's that? Uh, he's married to Megan O'Leary, like That's one true. of the hottest chicks on the planet. So yeah, everybody should want to be like Benavides. Just That's saying. Right. 28 and 8 MMA record, 28 <laughs> fights in the UFC and WEC, 17 wins by way of stoppage. He was only stopped three times in his career. And as I mentioned, wow. he uh, participated in that UFC flyweight tournament. Uh, you know, going back to his stoppages, 17 wins by stoppage, eight knockouts, uh, nine submissions. Uh, we saw that uh, guillotine choke of Miguel Torres. Uh, Miguel Torres, a, a very skilled black belt. 
uh, as well. So, you know, it was uh, uh, a a big night for uh, Joseph on that night back in in 2010. Like you said, and that was a decade ago. And, you know, think about how many people have come to the UFC and fizzled out in the time that Joseph was just trudging along and and being a guy that was always in contention as well. I mean, very rare uh, did you ever see Mm -hmm. Joseph Benavidez not get his hand raised and, uh, you know, good for him. Like you said, like it's, it's hard. Like, you know, guys like me that sit here and talk, we do this post fight show. Like, I don't think it's really in our right to ever say someone should retire. We don't know where they're at. Um, but you do get a good feeling. Like you said, Pearl, when it does seem like it's the right time and the athlete decides to make that decision uh, on their own. And hopefully he sticks with it because, you know, it's mixed martial arts. You're always retired until you take another fight. It seems, but uh, if this is the final time we see Joseph Benavidez uh, compete, then, uh, you know, hats off to him for a fantastic career. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you did say it. He's a pioneer in the sport. Um, he was a, such a positive role model. Um, you know, just I remember watching him when he was the the ultimate fighter coach and just how professional he always was and like, you know, he did, of course, he, he talked this smack here and there, but, like, he was still very professional and, and respectful most of the time. Um, and you're right, wars in there. I mean, he, he will go down as one of the as the sports legends, you know. He helped pave the way for so many fighters today. Um, and, you know, I think that just those last couple performances, it was just like, oh, you, you hate to see someone that you've looked up to for so long kind of have such a hard time in, inside of there. And so I think that, you know, like, let's remember him for all of his great moments, moments like this that we're showing, the Miguel Torres moment. Let's remember him for how he helped bring this division where it is um, and helped to even bring the sport where it is. I mean, our sport would not be where it is today without Benavidez. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that's amazing. And Carlos Condit, another, another one of those names that the sport would not be where it is. Like, this was one of the most, you know, memorable fights in my being you know my early days of of amateur fighting was this particular fight here and he was you know he had this great movement and he was slick and always had an exciting fight and so without these without these two athletes their sport would be where it's where it's on its way to um so we do we do gotta just you know give them give them that credit where it's due yeah, and you know that that's one thing too that I think again sign up for UFC Fight Pass. It's just a dollar uh, if you get it before midnight uh, for the rest of the month. When you do get on Fight Pass, go and watch Carlos Condit's you know WEC run. Go and watch his fight with Nick Diaz. One of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. ever uh, is in the post fight press conference where Carlos Condit is asked, "What was Nick saying to you in the fight?" And he said, "Well, I threw a spinning back fist," and Nick said, "What we're." Throwing and spinning shit now you know like that was just hilarious <laughs> just fun and uh carlos Conda was always uh you know an entertaining fighter the natural born killer was his nickname and, mm-hmm. and that's really what it was he was such a natural uh, at you know sort of the role that he played it wasn't a, a role by any means he wasn't you know playing a character he was just this sort of intense individual and, and like you said you know this fight with dan hardy dan hardy you know fought for a ufc uh welterweight championship so did carlos condit but this was a really big win for carlos condit in the way that you know you can't show a carlos condit highlight 
highlight reel without showing this Dan Hardy win because the knockout is 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 an all timer. It's it's one of the great uh, knockouts, and uh, you know Carlos Condit definitely earned a lot of respect from his peers and uh, you know fans and the media alike with this win. Absolutely, I believe I feel like Condit was one of those fighters that was like the next generation of fighters and we started to see this is when we started to see the sport evolve as he came in with this with this great striking right he had this great striking coming from from jackson's gym and that that camp and then he had good jujitsu and so it was just like the start of the next generation or the next the next turn of the sport um and i believe that carlos was was one of those that was kind of ahead of the ahead of the game at that time so um yeah i mean he's he's awesome yeah, no, I, I like the uh, sort of um, uh, alluding to, you know, sort of the evolutionary change because mm-hmm. there are multiple generations uh, of fighters. And Carlos Condit definitely was uh, sort of a, 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 the next chapter because, like we said, he was a WEC champion. He defended the title there. Uh, and then finally, the UFC brought in the WEC. Uh, and, and Carlos Condit, in, in his first fight in the UFC, uh, was very controversial decision loss to Martin Campman. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't too long, like we see here, Dan Hardy separated from consciousness, where Carlos was a, a factor in the UFC's welterweight division. And a lot of people thought that, you know, for whatever reason, they thought that, you know, the WEC was less than uh, the UFC. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. I understand understand it when they have the same weight classes like you think that carlos is a second tier champion because the ufc has a a welterweight champion um but really the wec was was sort of designed for those lighter weight classes but when carlos came in if you didn't think that he was going to be a factor at 170 you were living under a rock because he was supremely talented and uh you know always fun to watch and you know, uh, I'm happy to say that we were at least in the same city uh, when Carlos fought his uh, last fight. And, and he definitely, too, has a, a, a career that he should be uh, proud of. Next week, Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Brian Ortega championship fight there for the featherweight crown. And we also get another uh, championship fight when uh, Valentina Shevchenko uh, takes on Lauren Murphy. I cannot wait, Pearl, for this upcoming uh, fight card. It's going to be bonkers. Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz, too. Curtis Blades taking on Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, I mean, get, get hyped, Pearl. It is International Fight Week, and somehow we convinced uh, the powers that be to let us be in the building. Yeah, that's so exciting. I am super pumped for this. I think the obviously this the card's stacked, right? There's so many amazing fights on it. But one of the fighters I think that I'm most excited to watch whether they win or lose is Lauren Murphy. Talk about like a success story. Talk about someone who was addicted to drugs and just at one of the lowest points in her life. And to see her fighting for a title to me, it just like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about what has this woman gone through to get to this point? What has she endured? What has she sacrificed? How hard has she worked to get to this point? And so it's just, it's, an incredible story um she's such an inspiration to me and to just so many people out there i really hope that they they shine some light on her next week with that because to me it's not many people make it from that sort of a lifestyle right this woman's fighting for the world title like holy shit this is so crazy i actually got to see her a couple weeks ago in houston 
And I was, I was in the middle of my training and she came up to me. She didn't have to, she congratulated me on my last fight. And I just immediately was like, you're an inspiration to me. I've, I've watched and followed her story for years, but I was like, don't fucking stop. Just go. And she's like, you're going to make me cry. And I'm crying. And we just had this like really great moment. That's and I awesome. was just so proud to see her. And um, I'm just really excited for her. I really, she's worked really hard. I mean, she's right. on a long win streak. She's looking incredible. The best she's ever looked. And, and just to see her get to this point to me is just, it's so inspiring and uh, such a beautiful story that I, I hope that, that we can highlight next week. Yeah, we're not breaking news by saying that Lauren Murphy is an underdog to Valentina Shevchenko. And I'm not mm -hmm. you know downplaying her chances because like you said, she's never looked better than she has in, in this run. And, you know, the stars could align for one of the biggest upsets uh, of the year if she is able to pull right. this off. But again, not to take anything away from her chances against Valentina, but you know you talk about what she's been through and that really does mm -hmm. need to be highlighted because just getting to this point is a championship victory in so many ways a championship of life oh my god absolutely like that she's a winner she's she, not many people make it from that lifestyle right and like i said she one is already in one of she's an elite athlete a right. one percenter but she's, she's at a place where very few of us athletes get to. And it's just an inspiring and an incredible story. You know, like it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your past with hard work, determination and, and sheer will like you can get here. And she is a living example of that. Um, and yes, Valentina is an assassin. We know that like this woman is incredible. She's just amazing. To, she's so beautiful to watch inside the octagon, outside an amazing champion never talks to talks shit you know talks about her opponents talks talks about them talks down to them great example for the sport a beautiful woman in so many ways so yes i'm not taking anything away from her but that is one of the fighters that I am really excited for, and I hope I get to highlight a little bit about next week. Yeah, no, 100%. And also, uh, the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky defending his uh, title for the, uh, I believe, uh, second time. And this is his first championship fight in the UFC, not against Max Holloway. Uh, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how Volkanovski uh, matches up w with Ortega. And, you know, Ryan is incredibly talented. Uh, you know, he came oh up God. short ag against Max Holloway in his title bid. Uh, you know, coming off the Ultimate Fighter, this is going to be an amazing fight. I saw um, uh, Ortega sort of have a, have a call to arms for, for the people that are going to be in T-Mobile saying, you know, bring your American flags. I want to, you know, have it be red, white, and blue inside T-Mobile. So he's trying to, you know, uh, get that that patriotism on his side of being an American taking on, um, you know, the, the man from down under, it's going to be a, a night of electricity. And, you know, we, 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 we experienced it a little bit at UFC 264. Uh, but I mean, this, the ability to go back to normal for uh, at least a little while, you know, obviously they're going to go back to the apex, but to be inside T-Mobile arena for international fight week, like, it's just a breath of fresh air thinking like, okay, maybe this thing is almost over. Maybe we're going to be able to get back to normal because, you know, we're at least able to let our hair down and watch fights for five, six hours. Absolutely. I mean, and then they've got so many events going on next week. The UFC has a bunch of fighters that'll be in town. Right. It's, it's just going to be a fun fight week for everyone in Las Vegas. And like you said, it is, it's a breath of fresh air to be able to kind of go and celebrate all these athletes. Like these athletes were working so hard last year 
um, they were nonstop. And so to, to have the ability to have access to the fans is a, is a huge, is an amazing opportunity for everyone, both the fan and the athlete. So yeah, it's exciting. This is super exciting. Sign up for UFC Fight Pass before midnight. You get it for the rest of the month for just $1. And a uh, part of that, you can $1. watch the UFC uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, you know, George St. Pierre uh, getting inducted. Uh, Mark Ratner getting inducted. Kevin Randleman, the late Kevin Randleman, uh, being uh, inducted. The the fight between uh, John Jones and Alexander Gustafsson, uh, their first fight. That fight is going into the fight wing. Um, just the Hall of Fame is going to be uh, worth that dollar that you're going to pay for Fight Pass. Plus, also, you can uh, hang out with us. We're going to be on the ground uh, broadcasting live from the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame ceremony. And... Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Longo will be there, not just on my T-shirt. Um, we'll actually get Ray in the flesh. Uh, he's going to be cornering uh, Marab Dwalashvili on, on Saturday, so I don't know if we're going to be able to get him on Saturday, but uh, I think we're going to be live on Thursday, and hopefully we can get Ray on. Um, and I, I want people to come out and say hello. You know, take some photos with Pearl. Um, maybe we'll bring – I mean, you got that PlayStation, right? Yes, I did. I mean, maybe we can play like uh, some UFC video games or something. Maybe you, maybe you need to like uh, buy that game and and you know brush up because I think I'll give you a virtual knuckle sandwich. <laughs> if you give me a virtual knuckle sandwich, I'm giving you a real knuckle. Okay, sandwich. That, yeah. Let's not play. Let's not do that. <laughs> Just realize. I mean, no, I need you to teach me. Okay. So maybe I won't give you a knuckle sandwich. All right, I'll be your trainer. <laughs> video yeah, game trainer. There we go. Yeah. All right, Pearl. Uh, you're free to go. I think the next time we will chat, I will see you in uh, in Las Vegas. All right. Well, hurry on up. All right. Well, I'm excited uh, for this week. It's going to be fun. All right. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's Pearl Gonzalez. That's extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, I'll give you more information on what you need to know for next week with extra rounds live from International Fight Week right here on UFC Fight Pass. We told you off the top it was going to be a great show. Look. We don't lie to you. Look at this. Look. Oh. Big right hand. This is going to be over. Always Matt has noticed that I am also bald. I gotta move my camera because you look like Cyclops when you move back. Dustin, look, he's he's matured into a great fighter. The biggest bank heist in the history of the world, you're not surprised. He was fearless. I want to be remembered as one of the greatest female fighters. Step into our world and you can do so now for just $1 if you sign up for UFC Fight Pass before midnight. Think about it. $1 gets you access to the largest fight library in existence. You know, whether it be grappling with Submission Underground, the Eddie Bravo Invitational, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, uh, not to mention Pride, Strike Force, WEC, and then all the uh, specialty programming we are coming up uh, next week, part of uh, International Fight Week. Pearl Gonzalez and I are going to be on the ground. If you are in Las Vegas, track us down. Going to be broadcasting live from the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony on Thursday. And then if you are in the building uh, on Saturday night, you can come hang out with the Extra Rounds crew as we'll be broadcasting uh, live right there inside T-Mobile 
as uh, we get ready for an exciting night of mixed martial arts action. I want to remind you our main event, it will see Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Brian Ortega, defending his featherweight championship for the second time. And then if uh, one title fight wasn't enough, championship doubleheader as Valentina Shevchenko takes on Lauren Murphy. Quick look at the main card. Do not forget Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz too. A rematch 17 years in the making. That is just unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. Curtis Blades taking on Jarzinho Rosenstrike. A heavyweight clash not to miss. And then uh, former champion Jessica Andrade taking on Cynthia Calvillo uh, at flyweight. Do not miss it. It's going to be uh, amazing whether you are on the ground uh, in Las Vegas or just ordering uh, the pay-per-view. Uh, you can also just check us out uh, as well uh, through the Facebook page uh, or check out the archive anytime. Uh, extra rounds. We're, we're approaching 90 episodes, I think. I, I've lost track. Um, but you can also uh, download just the audio if you like to take extra rounds uh, on the go with you. You can subscribe to us, uh, whether it be on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, all that fun business. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, some uh, news uh, that Frankie has passed on to me. Performance of the night bonuses uh, handed out. Anthony Smith uh, getting an extra 50K, as is Armand Sarukian, uh, Nathan Manis, and Joaquin Buckley all getting 50K performance of the night bonuses and, and definitely well-deserved. It was a very fun fight card. And again, one that I, I don't think people were necessarily uh, expecting a lot from because a lot of the anticipation was for UFC 266. But if you tuned in tonight and watched the UFC live, you definitely got uh, your money's worth. And uh, it's a nice primer as we are just days away from the official launch of International Fight Week as we get ready for UFC 266. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Uh, Pearl and I will be back next week live from Las Vegas. Uh, again, hopefully you can join us, whether it be in Sin City uh, or uh, online uh, through the normal outlets that you get extra rounds. So that's it. Thanks for staying up late. It's actually not that late. It's kind of early. I'm not used to these early UFC cards. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you coming up uh, next week right here on UFC Fight Pass. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 